Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama. I'm your host. I'm Darlene Childress. I am a parenting educator and life coach. And I want to focus today a little bit on the parent education piece of my work. And I'm not even sure where this episode is going to go. I hope it doesn't turn into a rant. But I have some things on my mind about parenting that I wanted to share. And I want to talk about some of the the trends that I've seen as I've done this work for almost 15 years. And so I've seen a lot of things through the years. When I started with my parent education, I remember thinking, you know, learning like that I didn't have to use pain and punishment and shame and spanking and timeouts and all of that stuff. And it felt revolutionary to me. And it was like, wait, what? You know? And most of my peers, people who are my age, Gen X, we all sort of were raised with this traditional parenting methodology and, you know, didn't didn't even know that there was an alternative. Like we had no idea that there was this other way to parent using compassion, using gentleness, using connection. And instead of, you know, pain, punishment, manipulation, control, power. I remember talking to my best friend and talking about Susan Stifelman's work about like, you know, instead of power over power with and and really like finding ways to feel you know, that we can discipline our kids without using punishment. And that was a lot of my work in the beginning of parent education was kind of helping parents see that they didn't have to do those things. And it was not easy. I felt like I was trying to convince convince parents to like see this other paradigm, to understand that there's a traditional paradigm of parenting and it's based in in power and control, and that there's a new paradigm, which is based more in mutual respect, emotional understanding, emotional well-being. You know, when I first started teaching parenting, no one knew anything about stress response. They didn't know how the brain worked. I was teaching these concepts and people were like, oh my God, I had no idea. And, and we were growing and, and, you know, moving towards a new way of parenting together. And, you know, amazing work, right? And then watching parents to change the way that they they parent. What I've noticed now that it's been 15 years is that I don't really have to spend a lot of time trying to convince parents to like not use pain or punishment or shame. <laughs> it's like we've done a great job as a society and in parent education to move move the philosophies forward and there's a lot more buy-in. It's just like, of course, of course I don't want to hurt my kids. Of course I don't want to shame my kids. Of course I don't want to, you know, create pain for them. I don't want to hurt them. And that's amazing. It's amazing to see that just in, you know, a decade and a half in like, uh, you know, one generation essentially that we have grown and parent education has moved forward and it's not behavior modification and there's so much beauty in seeing that we can just, you know, emotionally coach our kids. And I think anyone listening to this podcast knows and feels the same. Like you're like, yeah, no, I don't want to hurt my kids. And I want to help you see that that's actually beautiful that we're at this place where it's just almost a, a given that you wouldn't 
try to hurt your children in order to get them to change their behavior. And not that long ago, that was what we had to work on with parents and in the, you know, the psyche of parent education is moving people towards greater understanding of human, human psychology and the way the brain works and the way that feelings drive behavior. So I'm really grateful actually of like all of the progress that we have made in, in parenting. But what's on my mind today is maybe that we've come, we've almost gone too far in this like paradigm or like this pendulum shift. And what I find myself needing to talk about more and more lately is that you, that consequences aren't mean, that it's not wrong to train your children to, to teach them that their behavior has an impact. And that, yes, we don't want to intentionally like hurt our kids or manipulate them or create any sort of pain or shame. Like that's, there's no room for that. You don't need to do that. And I know you don't want to, but what I've seen is that parents are sort of afraid right now to have, to say no, to tell their children that like, yes, you can be unhappy and you can be sad and you can be frustrated and you cannot hit or kick or punch me in the face, right? To, to say no, like your feelings make sense and your behavior or your strategy is causing a problem and it's, it's not okay. And I, I, I don't want anyone to feel bad listening to this. I just want us to realize that we might be moving towards maybe a little bit of permissiveness because we're afraid that we're being mean if we are firm, if we're following through with a consequence. And I've struggled, I struggled with this, especially when I first learned about parenting with compassion and understanding that feelings drive behavior. I was like, you know, not sure how I felt about consequences at all. And like a natural consequence, I'm like, okay, makes sense, right? You say to your kids, hey, you know, uh, if you don't eat breakfast right now, like breakfast is on the table, and if you don't eat breakfast right now, your belly's going to be hungry later, right? Um, I've noticed parents don't even want to do natural consequences, but a natural consequence would be like, okay, my mom has said breakfast was over and I didn't eat. And so now I have a hungry belly. Like that's a natural consequence of your behavior. It's like, if I don't bring my jacket and I go outside and I get cold, then I'm cold. And we are, we tend to even want to like not let our kids experience any discomfort because we're like, well, okay, what they need protein because if they don't eat protein, they're not going to be able to behave at school and they're going to have a bad day and they're going to get in trouble and they're going to be miss recess. And like, we constantly are sort of rescuing our kids from their own behavior, from their own results, because we're afraid that they'll be uncomfortable or that it's wrong or mean to let our kids you know, experience the result of their actions. And I understand that we don't want to like let our kids get sick or be hungry, but a hungry belly is a good lesson. It's a good way to learn 
how to, you know, oh, shoot, I better eat my breakfast. Otherwise, my tummy's going to hurt and I'm not going to be able to eat again till snack. And the truth is, really, like, there's a lot of meals coming up with kids. They have breakfast and they have snack and they have lunch and then they have their school snack and then they have dinner and then they have before bed snack. Like, we have a lot of food. There's a lot of opportunities to eat. And so we can let our kids experience some natural consequences. But I've just noticed more and more that parents are feel nervous about letting their kids be at all uncomfortable. Um, of course, we don't want our kids to like be cold and get sick and things like that. Like I understand the natural consequences sometimes don't feel affordable. But we can say to our kids like, you know, I'm going to put your jacket in your backpack and you can put it on when you get cold and like let them be cold, right? Instead of put your jacket on, you need to wear it, you're going to get sick, you can't be, you know, don't be uncomfortable. We, we are almost afraid of letting them fail or, or feel that discomfort. And I remember, so natural consequences are one thing. And I remember thinking about like logical consequences. Now, what's a logical consequence? A logical consequence is when you bring the impact to your children and you let them see the connection between their behavior and the result of their behavior. Let me give you an example. Think about the natural consequence of hitting your sibling, okay? If you play that out, the natural consequence is that your kid doesn't have a good relationship with their sibling over time, right? I mean, in the short term, their sibling is sad and in pain, but the effect of that doesn't, it can take a long time. Like say I don't want to learn to, don't want to do my homework, don't want to learn to read, right? The natural consequence is I never learned to read. Well, okay, that could take a long time to happen. And so as a parent, sometimes we need to like bring the impact closer to our kids. We need to bring consequences closer to them so that they experience an impact. And then that impact is motivating in order for them to like create a change in behavior. The difference here is that we're not intentionally making them feel pain or hurting them. Like if you don't practice your letters or you don't, you know, read, do your reading tonight. Um, you know, I'm going to put you in a timeout and I'm not going to talk to you the rest of the night. And, or like, you're like, and you're going to grow up and be dumb and you're not going to know how to be with your friends. And like, we kind of do this shame sprinkle. We isolate them, emotionally disconnect all of that. It makes it all emotional, makes it all painful. And that that's gross. Like we don't want that. (laughs) Right. So, if you don't know what else to do in order to create an impact, you kind of get stuck. You're like, well, I don't know. I guess they're not going to read or like, you know, you're like, I'm going to take away the iPad or whatever. And that's fine. You can take away the iPad, but you want to show your children the connection between their behavior and the impact. And sometimes we have to create impacts so that they can see oh, it's in my best interest to do my reading. It's my best interest to not hit my brother. It's in my best interest to, you know, brush my teeth, to get my pajamas on, to put my socks and shoes away in the right spot, um, to 
be patient while my mom is, you know, out talking to the neighbor, right? So how do you teach your children that like the emotional regulation that they need to manage their discomfort and at the same time allowing them to feel that discomfort of their impact, the behavior, right? How to bring that that behavior and that impact closer to them so that they can see the connection. So I always think about like the model that I that I developed, it is calm, right? That's you. It's your emotional regulation. So I'm always like, okay, pretend you're totally emotionally regulated. Then we go to connect. So like it's calm, connect, limit, set, correct. So calm, you're calm. Now connection is helping your children understand feelings drive behavior. We want your children to understand that they're, they have an emotional life, that their emotional life is valid, that they're 100% entitled to their feelings and their thoughts, and that they also have power over their thoughts and feelings. They have the ability to, to see things from a different perspective, to shift through emotion, to feel any feeling, right? That's all emotional health. And we do that through connection. We do that through emotional coaching and you know, the, the connection tool, the things that I teach in my class and on this podcast. So on one hand, we have feelings drive behavior. And then we have the limit in the middle. And then we have correction. And correction is my behavior has an impact. And it's my job to deal with that impact, right? That's what we're trying to help our kids. So we have like the internal process that's going on inside of them. And then we have the external effect of their behavior. And Together, the connect and the correction, right? The impact part, the consequence part. Together, those influence our children's behavior. I often have, you know, it's a podcast, you can't see my hands, but I have like sort of the behavior in the middle. And on one side, I kind of have my hand like on one wall, not a wall, but like one part on one side is the feelings driving the behavior. And then on the other side, I bring my, my other hand to the side and I say, okay, and now your behavior has an impact. So we have like your feelings are driving your behavior. Your behavior has an impact together. You're teaching your kids how to manage their emotions. So they behave differently. And we're in saying your behavior has an impact and we want to bring that impact to them so that they learn that they don't want to deal with these negative impacts. (laughs) And so we don't have to use pain to teach them, but we do have to demonstrate, we do have to show them that their behavior has an impact and we do that through consequences. They don't have to be mean. It's not mean to show your children, hey, look, when you have a big meltdown and, you know, it's all, it's all fine. We're late. It's okay. You had big feelings. You didn't know what to do with them. And, you know, during that process, you kicked and punched and threw some stuff and mommy was late for work and all of those things. Like, I get it, kid. You know, you can have your feelings and they also have an impact and it's your job to make that right. And so in my programs, I teach really specific ways to do consequences. Like, you know, restitution, how to restore back the impact 
and, and, and fix the mistakes that your behavior caused. And sometimes I've got to admit they're a little artificial. We have to like kind of be creative about creating impacts because the impact is sometimes like energy, right? Like you just, you're drained or the impact is time, you know? And it's like, how do you transfer that back to your kids? But there is ways, there are ways to transfer that impact back to your children. But what I find is that a lot of times, well, what happens is when you transfer that impact back onto your kids, they might have a little another mini meltdown about it. Like, like if say you're like, okay, we're all going to target and everyone's excited. And then you have a huge sibling conflict and a big meltdown and you're just drained and you don't want to take these kids to target anymore because you're like, that's not, that's not, I don't want to like their behavior drained me. And it's like, I don't want to have to deal with that later. Right. I don't want to like worry about that. So that means you just turn to your children and they're like, are we going to target? And you're like, actually, no, I wanted to. And we had that big sibling thing happening earlier and that's all fine. Like you guys had your big feelings and that's okay. But now I don't want to have to worry about that happening again. Or I don't have the energy to go to Target now or to go to the park or go to your drop you off at your play date. And they're going to be like, whoa, that's so sad. And they're going to make promises and they're going to be upset. And you're like, a lot of times parents don't want to have a consequence. They don't want to put in that extra effort to tell their kid like, no, your behavior caused a problem and now we're not doing blank or now you're not having this privilege because then the child will have another meltdown. And you're like, I don't want to deal with another meltdown. I get it. But the truth is, if you constantly rescue your kids and don't let them experience the negative impact of their behavior, you are being permissive. You are not parenting. (laughs) And you're not showing your children that your feelings make sense. Your behavior needs work right? Your feelings are valid. Your strategy is, is needing an improvement. We've got to switch this strategy. The way that you're coping with your feeling causes problems for you and for others. And the way that we teach them that their behavior causes problems is by showing them the problems and letting them experience the consequence of their behavior. And you can do it without shame. You can do it without being mean. You can do it without being like, what's wrong with you? I've told you this a hundred times. You need to quit it. Stop it. Like you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to say anything. You're just very neutral about it. It's like very emotionally connected. Like, of course you, you're young, you're a kid. You're not sure how to handle things. You get distracted. You get upset. You get worried. And then that shows up in your behavior. But while you were behaving that way, you know, you dropped the leash and the dog, the little puppy went in the corner and went and peed. So now you got to clean up the pee pee, (laughs) right? Or like, of course you behave that way. You got distracted. You didn't want to eat breakfast. You didn't want to do anything. And the kitchen is closed. And so, you know, you can have, you can have snack in a couple of hours, and they're going to get upset. They're going to cry. I don't want to clean up the pee-pee. You made me do it. Or like, you didn't tell me. You didn't warn me. No, no, no. Right? 
And so they're going to have their big feelings when they experience the consequence. And when you practice calm, you're able to just be like, no problem. Of course, you're going to feel upset now. Like being truly calm is being really truly compassionate and being okay with however your kids show up. That's a big, big skill that I'm constantly teaching in my course and like in my programs because that's the key to everything. Become a calm mama. Like that's the key to everything. It's being okay with big feeling cycles. And like, yep, I'm going to ride this one out too. I've got it. No problem. And you get better at that. I promise. Now, how to limit set it, limit set, fit in all this, right? That's why it's so important to be able to practice the limit setting formula and teach the thing that I teach is like, I am happy to serve breakfast to kids who are sitting at the table until the timer goes off. Take it or leave it. So you're really clearly communicating to your kids your boundary and the limit and even informing them of what happens if they don't listen. And so then when you're like, breakfast is over, lunch is over, dinner is over, and they're like, but I didn't eat. You're like, I know. That's hard. You're, we'll get you at the next meal. We'll have a big breakfast tomorrow. I always did what I called like before bed snack, <laughs> especially when the kids, <clears throat> excuse me, were little. Because we would often eat dinner pretty early, like 530 because of dinner, bath and bed. Like you kind of need to chunk it up pretty early to get those kids in bed, you know, a decent time. So like 5.36 and then, you know, say they're going to bed at 7.30. It's like been an hour and a half. And if they didn't eat a good lunch or good dinner, I would then be like, I'd always have before bed snack. So it'd be like a piece of toast or like a cheese stick or, you know, banana and peanut butter or something like that. So that they would have their bellies full. And then I would just trust like, okay, I know they're going to get another meal. Same with breakfast. Like, you know, they eat breakfast, they don't eat breakfast, it's fine because I know they're going to snack at 10 o'clock, <laughs> right? They have like nutrition at school. Like they have, there's lots of chances to have food. So letting your kid kind of experience a hungry belly for an hour and a half, eh, not bad, good deal. But we want to be able to give limits. And that's where it's like calm is all about you in my process. Calm is all about you. Connect is connecting to their emotions, helping them understand that th- their feelings are there. That's why they're acting the way they're acting and their feelings make sense. Super validating, super compassion. Then we have, so we have calm, connect, limit set. Now limit set is like whatever command you want to give your kid, like sit down and eat, stop hitting, put your shoes on, get in the car, stop talking to me like that. Like whatever command you want to get, give is what we turn into a limit. And like whatever threat you want to give, you better stop it or else I'm not going to give you any more dinner. You flip that. Hey, happy to give you dinner as long as you stop that. So it's like flipping that is part of just learning the new language of limit setting. And we get better and better about it. When you take the course, you get the toolkit, you get like you know, the connection tool, the limit setting formula, the correction conversation. We have these three core tools and you learn those tools and then you have, you know, four months with me where you practice those tools and we scenario it out like over and over and over where their issue is bedtime, where their issue is, you know, morning routine, homework, sibling stuff, 
you know, too much sweets, too much screens, um, you know, not sharing their toys, any of the issues that come up, you know, <clears throat> I have scripts in the workbook of like how to set limits for these really kind of normal situations and how that works. And um, so you get better and better at it. And then it becomes sort of second nature. It's like calm, you know how to calm yourself using the pause break, connect, you know how to connect with the kids using the connection tool, limit set, you know how to set a limit using the limit set formula, correction, you know how to follow through with consequences, having a correction conversation and applying restitution, restoring back. So why I'm sharing this today on this podcast episode is just really because I want to commend parents. I really want to honor and acknowledge how far we've all come. And really, I want to acknowledge and recognize millennial parents and like how embedded it is in you to show up for your kids with this compassion. I am in my late 40s. I'm Gen X. My kids are Gen Z. They, you know, I'm sort of like on the other end of raising my kids. And I've watched Gen X really kind of struggle with trying to release themselves from those punitive measures and from like thinking that they have to lecture and they have to use, you know, a little bit of like, you know, attacking the person a little bit, like you're a liar versus you lied, right? Like moving from shame, which is, you know, you, you're, something's wrong with you and moving away from shame into like, you've done something wrong. It's been a lot of work for Gen X parents. And like those of you who are listening, like good for you. Like we did, we did it. We did not have a model for this. Right. Um, but I want to say like to the millennial parents out there, who have kids that are in this next generation, alpha is what I think they're going to be called. It's like, you guys have it in you already to like release from all that punitive parenting style. And you don't want to shame your kids. Like you have the purest intentions and I'm, I love it. It's beautiful. I love not having to talk about, Hey, you know, spanking's wrong. Like you don't have to do that. Like I like that. We don't have to spend time me convincing you that this is the right, not the right way to parent, but like this is a paradigm that is available to you. Like you're already in it. You're already like connected and like committed. I love it. It's beautiful. And I want to invite you to see that permissive parenting is a pitfall of gentle parenting. We need to still parent our children which means we need to help them understand that their behavior has a result. So it's like their feelings are valid, their feelings make sense, and their feelings show up in their behavior. When they don't know what to do with big feelings, when they don't know how to handle it, sometimes it shows up in off-track behavior. They are responsible for making right when they are off track, to getting back on track, if you will. So if you're confused about how to do that, I want you to know you're not alone. It's like, honestly, this is a, a part of parenting that's pretty confusing. It's like previous generations had no idea how to emotionally connect or coach their kids. 
And I know you're still struggling with that because you don't have a map for that either, but like you're, you're in it, you're like working at, you're like, yeah, of course you're, you can be sad. You, you know, you guys are really sweet about how you parent your kids. Um, but then when you follow through and you want to show that their behavior has an impact, I know that you get really lost and confused and it feels mean and it feels harsh and it feels ugly and it feels gross and you get stuck and sometimes you yell and then you're like, I don't want to be like this. And I want to normalize that. Of course you don't know what to do because there's not really a lot of models for parenting in an impact-based way, consequence-based way. That's not shaming. That's not painful. We don't have a lot of models like this in our society it's a restorative justice model really that I'm teaching you. And so I don't want you to feel lost. Well, you will feel lost and I don't want you to stay lost. So, you know, reach out to me, join my programs, go back and listen to episodes that I have about consequence and correction and, and limit setting. And really I'll work on, you know, sharing more of these philosophies with you, you know, over the next couple of weeks. Um, but in general, I want your takeaway this week to be just noticing if you are like feeling as if your kids aren't experiencing any consequences and then you kind of feel like their behavior is a little out of control, but you feel lost about it. Just start thinking like what impact is their behavior having and how can I bring that impact back to them? I always think, we have three resources in life. We have time, we have energy, and we have money. And so usually our kids' behavior impacts one of those three things. And so when we are thinking about like, well, what's the impact here? Is it time? Is it energy? Is it money? How can I transfer that back to my kids? And then we give them a chance to, you know, make that right. Very simple ways, like, doing a simple chore for you or, you know, doing something alongside of you or writing a note, sending a voicemail to a friend, drawing a picture. Um, maybe you don't do something that you would normally do because of, you know, you don't take them to the park or something like that. You can gently just say, this is why it's because I don't have as much time because of your behavior earlier. I don't have as much energy. I know this brings up stuff for you, um, but I want you to think about the alternative. If you don't bring impacts to your kids, how do they learn? What alternative do you have? You can talk and you can explain, but experience is the teacher and you can do consequences gently. You can do them without hurting your relationship, without creating without being harsh, without being mean. You can be firm and you can be strong and you can be the leader in your family. And that does not mean that you become like an authoritarian parent, okay? So a little bit of hope in there. I have a lot of hope, a lot of hope, not a little, a lot of hope for this next generation and a little bit of a cautionary tale. Just, you know, being on to yourself, noticing if you're rescuing and and maybe you know, working on that a little bit. And obviously I'm always here. I want you to take my course. 
I teach this really specifically in the class for sure. And keep listening to the podcast and reach out to me, you know, book a consultation with me and we can talk it through and I can help you figure out, you know, how to, how to do, how to do, be the parent you want to be. All right, mamas, I will be thinking about you this week and wishing you peace and calm and joy with your children and also a little bit of strength and leadership. All right. I will talk to you next week. 